Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and I am joined with two of my good friends today, Jonathan Oh, I didn't know you wanted me to say something already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Say, oh. Speak, speak for yourself. Say something. What do you have to say? Uh, well... Just go in any direction you want. Sure. Well, I'm glad we're inside in the AC today because it's 100 degrees outside. It's fucking unbearable. Yeah. Pappy, what do you have to say for yourself? That was my uh, strikeout call. Uh, <laughs> I was Not really, <laughs> really bad at baseball <laughs> growing up. Like, I used to like cry when I had to be catcher because the pitching machine was so scary, and like I could never get a hit. I had to bunt every time. But I thought I'd make a great umpire, so I've been practicing my hop ever since I was a little kid. That is amazing. So you, not only were you bad at wrestling, you were bad at baseball. <laughs> There's a, a common athletic theme throughout uh, this podcast and sports podcast, if you listen to my history. Very below average athlete. Now this is why you review sports movies rather than be in sports movies. Exactly. exactly. And also, I don't have to make bad sports movies. I can just watch bad sports movies. <laughs> Even better. Uh, it's fun being a critic. You know, just make make fun of things. But before we start making fun of this movie, Angels in the Outfield, that is, as I'm sure the listeners know because they clicked on the link, I have a question for you guys. It's the first line of the movie. I'll ask you first, Jonathan. <laughs> Roger, do you believe in heaven? <laughs> no. <laughs> My first thought on this was, who the fuck still names their kid Roger? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, prior to, like, the 70s? He's like a 20s mobster. Like, come in, Roger. Take him out back. Hey, Roger. Exactly. Sleep with the fishes. Yeah. That's a good point. This little kid's got an old man name. Yeah, like, anybody born in the 60s or earlier is okay to be named Roger. Yeah, but that's the cutoff, like, for sure. Yeah. Like. He's a, he's a 90s kid. His name should be Kyle or something. Yeah, exactly. Or Jonathan. Like perfect name. Or Jonathan. Or Corey. <laughs> a good point, actually. Yeah. Great 90s names. <laughs> or Pappy. <laughs> Pappy is a timeless name. It's uh, the third biggest name this year I saw. Pappy, I got to call you out on something. Oh, I've been no. meaning to like bring up to you, this to you off air. But on our Little Giants episode... You explained how you got the nickname Pappy. For yeah. those that want to know the story, check out that episode of our podcast. But you made it seem like you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I did this thing. I, w- I did this crazy thing. I went and smoked the marijuana. Yeah. It was intense. The devil's lettuce. Yeah. And then on the Lord of the Rings episode of Spoilers, the 70s animated one, you just talk about how often you dropped that. Yeah, I was dropping acid every day for a what? while. There. You <laughs> never said that. Come on. <laughs> That's the way it sounded to the listeners. Well, first of all, uh, you ever seen that YouTube video, speaking of baseball and acid, the Doc Ellis one of the guy who threw the no-hitter while he was on acid? No. That's like an all-time classic one. So there's like this Pittsburgh Pirates guy. Like, He makes it look like he was like basically having a threesome with a bunch of chicks and like high on acid. Then his coach called and uh, he's like, you got a pitch today? And so he drives into the stadium and allegedly throws a no-hitter on acid. What was the question again, Corey? I, I forget. <laughs> uh, I'll ask a real question that that should work out a little bit better. 
Angels in the Outfield is a movie that has a star-studded cast. Mm. Probably, and you guys can speak to this, but probably the most star-studded cast of any movie I can think of off the top of my head. If you guys know of any, go ahead and tell me at any time. But of all the actors in this movie, the big names, which one is your favorite of the list? And uh, you go ahead, Jonathan, first. I'm going to have to go with Christopher Lloyd for sure. Um, oh, Suburban Commando. <laughs> dis- I was going to say dishonorable mention for <laughs> Suburban Commando. <laughs> but, I mean, his role as as Doc Brown in Back to the Future, I mean, it's could you really imagine anybody else playing that role? I mean, nobody else is such a fucking spaz to be able to do that, you know? And and then him as Adam or uh, uh, Fester and Adam's family. Oh, yeah. Um, and also as uh, Judge Doom in uh, Roger Rabbit. Dude, he, he's so such a diverse actor. I think he's probably one of my favorites that are in this cast. I mean, you know, but you have like Danny Glover, who's famous for what? Lethal Weapon? Riggs. Riggs. Yeah, that, I mean, that's about it, dude. Which I'm going to give him a good mention for, if you haven't seen it yet, Jumanji, The Next Level. He actually does a really good job in that movie. I've seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I liked him. I thought it was funny. All the old man humor. I thought it was good. But that's it. But McConaughey wasn't even famous at this time yet. Like, all he'd done is, like, that perverted role in Dazed and Confused. And that's about it. Isn't that what took him off? Like, isn't that what he got Yeah, that, that was his, like, kickoff. And then he goes to this where he, like, has, he says, what, one line? And then he has, like, maybe three minutes of screen time the whole movie. I felt weightless like somebody had me by the arm, Skip. How'd I do that? I like, though, that he has that, like, McConaughey, like, incredulousness. Yeah. He's like, how did I do that? And he, yeah. like, walks, he walks off screen. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, and that, that's that same, like, McConaughey that's in the Lincoln commercials these days, you know? Like, he's never changed. Same guy. Uh, what was your answer, Pappy? Yeah, McConaughey was going to be mine, Moondog himself. Right, but really quick on right, Christopher Lloyd. Right. I was trying to find, like, any behind-the-scenes making of stuff, and there's not a lot out there Corey I don't know if you saw the same thing but probably I did watch this like I watched this like Disney Channel <laughs> promo for it when it came to the, the channel and they showed Christopher Lloyd and he's dressed like a hippie costume basically from the 60s he's got these like purple glasses and he just looks like he couldn't want to be anywhere else like less and just like looks kind of stoned actually and it's really it's really hilarious but I mean yeah like you think of like 94 like the big movies that this had to go up against uh, Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, even Lion King, like by 2020 standards, this might have a better cast than any of those movies, you know, just saying the names out loud. Yeah. And they, well, they be, they became huge, which is right. pretty interesting because they weren't at the time. Like there were some Oscar winners in this movie. Three Oscar winners, three Emmy winners oh. in the cast. You mentioned that this came out in 94 and I was looking at the dates. I... I forget to do this, but I always think it's fun to look at the stuff that was out at the same time. This was out at the same time as another movie we all covered. Any guesses? Flintstones. Baby's Day Out? Baby's Day Out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Flintstones would have probably been close, though, right? I, yeah. I think that's like the same year. Yeah. Big year, man. 94 was huge. Mm-hmm. Is that when that earthquake happened? I don't know. I don't know. They happen all the time out here. <laughs> the Northridge earthquake. 
Oh, that one. <laughs> it also went up against The Mask and Little Rascals. This came out like July 4th weekend of 94, so the height of the summer box office. And it, it did pretty well. It ended up making like $70 million internationally. It's not bad. Oh, I didn't look up the budget, but I would imagine it would be significantly less than 70, right? Well, considering that they used the Oakland A's and uh, uh, stadium to film it in, then uh, they probably had a severe, you know, so budget is there, savings. Is there really a tree that you can climb to watch games? Fuck for the no. Oakland no, dude. The, <laughs> yeah. I've been to that stadium and the freeway, you drive right next to the stadium. You take the exit and you're basically in the parking lot of the stadium. There are no trees around it at all. It's it's just all parking. I see. Yeah. It's like Disneyland. When I've heard that people have broken into Disneyland, I'm like, how? Like, how the fuck do you get in there? Like, this place is like a fortress. Yeah. I don't know. I have a, I have a question for you, California guys. I'm a humble Midwest boy. What's the distinction? Like, what is Anaheim like? Because they've been called the Anaheim Angels or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What is that part of Southern California mm-hmm known for well they're they're not in los angeles they're, then explain they're the name. in right <laughs> because they they want to be associated <laughs> with los angeles you know they're in anaheim which is orange county which isn't even los angeles county so fuck the angels dude. that's all i gotta say go dodgers <laughs> I'll, I'll speak a little bit to that so anaheim is known for Two things. The first thing being Disneyland. That's where Disneyland is in Southern California. And the second thing probably being the Angels, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Angels, the the Ducks, um, you know, the hockey team. That's true. The Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Is that, those which, are actually, is, which is Disney. also a Disney-owned team. Disney owns the Angels and the Ducks. Does mm-hmm. Disney still own the Angels? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not a majority stake no, anymore. But they've got a, they've got a good chunk. Ah, so mm-hmm. they See, got but, out of that after Eisner left. At the time of this movie, they were the California Angels, which is why it says CA on their hat. Yeah. Oh. Which I was, I was looking for a California Angels hat, and they do not sell them just like generically. So I don't know if you have to go to eBay or something. They're pretty cool hats, though. I wouldn't You can one. actually get them. I see them from time to time out here in California, um, like at a, a Lids uh, <laughs> store. Oh. Yeah. They, they actually sell them. You can buy those retro hats. But yeah, they went through like, they were the California Angels, and they were the Los Angeles Angels, and they were Anaheim Angels, and they're the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles, or whatever the <laughs> fuck they are now. Yeah, they won a World Series in 2002, yeah. and then they, I remember that was like the team that popularized those fucking thunderstick things, you know, like those two yeah, blown up tubes that's exactly what it was. that people would smack together. It was the most obnoxious shit since Vuvuzelas. We have the angels to thank. It, the that. thing that people have at basketball games, the like balloon things? Yeah, they like, they're, they're inflatable sticks and they smack them together and it makes a really loud noise, clacking noise. I know you, I'm sure you've seen them in a basketball game. Somebody's trying to shoot a free throw yeah, and there's all okay. these fucking obnoxious people <laughs> banging their but sticks. But like what, yeah. what genius marketing by Disney though, right? To own a baseball team, then to make a, like multiple kids movies, a kids movie about the hockey team they own too, to like get kids to be fans. And they also own ESPN. So they're actually shoving, showing coverage of the actual games. Like, it's pretty shrewd from their perspective. That's a good point. When I was a kid, I mean, even now, I don't, I don't follow Major League Baseball. I don't follow hockey. 
But if someone were to ask me what my favorite teams are, it's the Mighty Ducks and Angels because of Angels in the outfield. Now, Jonathan, you don't like the Angels. I can see the look on your face. Absolutely You're not. I'm a Dodgers fan, man. <laughs> Fuck the Angels. <laughs> I'm not from Orange County, man. Can't do it. Look, man. I mean, we're from Oxnard. We, we're not exactly from L.A. either. <laughs> By your Oxnard given rights, you should be a Dodgers fan. <laughs> I know. That's true. If, you, if you're an Oxnard, you have to like the Dodgers and the Lakers. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie Angels in the Outfield. Pappy, I'd like you to get us started. I mean, you can just tell us what the plot is. You can just go right in. Okay, I'll just get right in. So this is apparently a remake off a movie in the 60s. And the only way that I came across that is this is a really hard movie to find streaming yes. anywhere. Uh, where, where did, okay, where did you guys watch it? Because I watched a janky-ass YouTube cut where the sound dropped off and I had to like piece it together with two other YouTube videos <laughs> to make it to make it work. Uh, I actually have the Hulu uh, live TV, so oh, it was available nice. on there with a uh, a TBS um, watermark <laughs> uh, I, on it the I, whole time. Jonathan gave me his login, and I was going to watch it there, but it fucking wouldn't let me. So I ultimately watched it on YouTube as well. I found one where the audio was good. Yeah. So, I mean, but anyway, the it was, this was a big 90s movie. So the kids are... The, the classic Disney kids, they've been orphaned or abandoned. And like I said, it's a remake of a more popular 60s movie. But basically, the kids are rooting for the angels to win or, or our hero. What's his name? Raj. Roger. He, he, he's been promised by his dad that if the angels win a pennant, that there might be a family again. And the kid wishes upon a star that the angels will be good. Now, I don't know how far you want me to go, but basically... yeah the angels cheat to help the <laughs> team win <laughs> so roger is in a foster home i don't really know if this wording is correct and he's an orphan i don't know if that wording is correct either doesn't matter um he his parents aren't there and he has a friend a ward of the state he is a ward of the state as they tell us many times speaking of the word orphan uh <laughs> one of my favorite movie quotes of all time I hate all the orphans in the whole world. It's from Nacho Libre. <laughs> you guys ever watch that movie? Yeah, I watched it once. I oh, remember okay. liking it. But... There, there was like that this scene where the two guys, Nacho Libre and his partner, Esqueleto, they're getting a little fight and he tells him, I hate all the orphans in the whole world. <laughs> Anyways. I had the same sentiment after watching this movie. Um, <laughs> it's wow. like this movie makes the saddest choice at every possible turn from like the lead pitcher getting lung cancer and dying to like these kids being orphans. Like it's not a lighthearted movie in a lot of ways. That's not what this score tells me, Pappy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, speaking of star-studded cast, another guy who got his big break was uh, Roger's dad in that movie, who's um, Dil- Dermot Mulrooney. There it is. Yeah. So yeah. He was in. Uh, he was in some like '90s romantic comedies. Yeah, he was in some real small stuff and. Kind well, of he, like this. he did the one with Julia Roberts, My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, that was after Angels in the Outfield. After yep. he took off from this movie, from being the... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from being an asshole dad. Can you describe him in the movie? <laughs> Trade your, like, what kind of guy trades his kid in for a Harley, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
Well, I traded it in. Bike's better for traveling. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, okay, as a parent, this guy's a piece of shit, dude. He's like, yeah, your mom's dead. And like, you know, I just, I just can't take care of you. So I'm giving you up for adoption. I'm just going to put my kid in the foster system. See you later, kid. You know, <laughs> like what a piece of shit. Dude, he, did, he was so deliberate about it. It's so yeah. weird, right? Yeah, yeah. And that whole thing about like, uh, yeah, maybe I'll come back for you if the angels win the pennant, you know? Dad, when are we going to be a family again? Where I'm sitting. I'd say when the angels win the pennant. You stay out of trouble, son. He was just being a total smartass. He never wanted to. He was. So to, to kind of add a little bit of context for those that aren't super familiar with this movie, the dad comes to visit Roger in his like foster home and Roger's the kid, kid version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's, he tells the kid basically like, I'm, I'm filling out the paperwork to give you up and all this stuff. And Roger really doesn't understand what he's saying. <laughs> But the dad asks, he's like, you, you know what I'm saying, right? And Roger's just like, uh, yeah. So when are we going to be a family again exactly? <laughs> the dad's like, cool, good talk, son. I'll see you never. Bye. <laughs> Let me blow the cigarette smoke in your face. <laughs> he's like smoking. He's got a leather jacket and a mullet. And, uh, Dude, what a waste of a cigarette, man. Like if you're having a cigarette while you're riding, like the wind just blows out like half of it for sure. <laughs> I just wondered why he put the cigarette out on himself while he's talking to his son. <laughs> Strange move. Remember Breakfast Club, Pappy? Like if John Bender like had a kid, oh, right? Yeah, it would be him. Yeah, sh totally. Showing him his arm. Yeah. <laughs> Your grandpa gave me this. This is what you get when you spill paint in the garage. <laughs> Which brings us to the foster home that they're in. Uh, Maggie, the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2, is yes. their, their foster mom. And I, I'm a little confused because there's also this kid, Luis, I think his Miguel. name? Miguel. Miguel is his name. So, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been there for longer than Miguel, but Maggie's also a very temporary foster care, and she makes that pretty clear. Like, I'm very confused at, like their relationship right because he's like oh miguel's been here for seven months which is you know what, you know what i'm trying to say it's like it doesn't make sense what the care situation is here really right and i don't know what happens with miguel exactly i don't know if he gets like adopted or if he goes to like an orphanage yeah later in the movie they she says that he um was finally fostered okay so that's yeah. when you get adopted yeah okay yeah i mean miguel just the worst kid ever probably one of the characters what, like, I'm, I'm a pretty cynical guy. He's one of the characters I feel like I can relate to, especially when I was like a kid. Because you never see him? With my brothers, like I'd be like, shut up, butthead, like, you know? And the other kids are all super sweet and like Disney-ish, especially JP, who annoys the fucking piss out of me. What's Lint again? Shut up, butthead. Why we gotta sleep in these sleeping bags? I haven't peed the band a long time. You peed the band last week. Did you guys pray? I pray every night you go to bed without bugging us with a thousand stupid questions. Maybe tomorrow you'll meet a nice family, Miguel. I'll pray for that. It could happen. I know JP's supposed to be cute and everything, but he fucking bugs me. I'm sorry. He bothers I me. I hate JP. And what is it that bothers you about him? Look, he is potentially a crack baby. 
Like me and my wife. <laughs> like, oh my god, dude! Apologies to Milton Davis Jr., who did no other movies other than this. And now all of a sudden, he's being called a crack. Baby. Look, you get, with this movie, you kind of got to read between the lines with things. It's not really going to tell you that, but he was sleeping in a car with his mom. His dad was dead or whatever, but like his mom gave him up. Why? Why would she do that? She's probably a drug addict somewhere. You might as well add that he's probably an HIV baby too. Fuck. <laughs> oh man. my god. I didn't say that. You're okay? so bad, Corey. <laughs> Just for the record, no one said that. <laughs> <laughs> Corey didn't love his tagline that it could happen. It could he happen. He says 20, 50,000 times during the movie. It could happen. No. Now, don't be so mean to him for just being an optimistic kid, man. Fuck. There's no such thing. We're all cynical. <laughs> I'm with you. I hated JP. He was one of my least favorite parts. I hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt more than I hate JP. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is in and out for me because he's he's kind of mopey. But look, they're in foster care, so I can I can understand being a little mopey. But I can relate to the angry side of things more. I think I'd be more like Miguel, especially if I was in that system. But anyway. We established that there's a local baseball team, the Angels, of course. Now, they live right by Angel Stadium, and they kind of have like a a colorful team of baseball players that are run by the manager, George Knox. What what do we learn about George Knox in the beginning of the movie, Pappy? George Knox is a fucking psycho who's not, (laughs) one, not fit to adopt children, (laughs) let alone like coach adults. He's... He's physically violent. He gets in multiple physical altercations, one with his player. So basically, like, he punches an employee. Another time, he gets in a fight with the media members. You call yourselves professionals. I have never, ever seen a worse group of 25 players. You don't think as a team. You don't play as a team. You don't even lose as a team. You all got your heads so far up your butts, you can't even see the light of day. One more loss, and I'll and I'll do this. Each and every one of you. He's also a terrible person. We we realize <laughs> that like when he's been with Cincinnati, he was drugging up uh, Tony Danza and burning <laughs> out his arm and basically ruining his career. Like, trainer says I'm ready to pitch. What am I getting off the injured list? I was never sound. You here because you got a contract to pay you to be here. You blew your arm out. Played on too many pain pills. Pain pills. You were the one stuffing them down my throat five years ago in Cincinnati. Hey, it was your decision to swallow them. I had a brain. When you were finished, I traded you. I never thought I'd get stuck with you again. So many of these movies that are like sports kids movies are really about the coach's redemption arc. But there's nothing in this to me which makes me want to forgive George Knox or even like George Knox. Okay, I I disagree there, man. So once we get to where... It'll actually explain that he he's like a born again Christian or something like he believes in God and angels again. And he's like found his salvation and he's become a good member of society again. And uh, and and apparently he's fit to adopt two fucking kids. But <laughs> this all takes place uh, over half of a baseball season. You know, I, I've seen worse people be appointed by the state to adopt children. So. Don't, don't name know. names, Jonathan. I can see you. I can see you, the wheels turning. 
<laughs> I was going to also come out and say it too, and maybe we'll get to this point later, but from the outside, George Knox's relationship with these two little boys who he doesn't know is completely inappropriate. And someone from the Angels organization needs to step in before this becomes a Penn State type situation. It is very weird. Such a coincidence. I'm watching this like the Jeffrey Epstein document right now about older guys with younger people's inappropriate relationships. Oh, my God. Awkward. You're right. That wouldn't that wouldn't be as accepted today. But I, I didn't question it. As a kid, that's for sure. I, I never thought that was weird, but but you bring up a really good. But I think point the on the '90s were kind of a different time, though, man. You could talk to children, and no one would <laughs> question it back in the '90s. Yeah. Okay, so what eventually happens is Joseph Gordon Levitt's character Roger. He prays to God. He does like Pappy said. He does the wish upon a star. He asks God for the angels to win the pennant because the dad sarcastically said, like, we'll be a family again when that happens. And that line, maybe you could help the angels win a little. I don't know why that's so burned in my brain. I think it was in the trailer. And this trailer was in front of, like, all of the Disney classic movies that came out in the mid-90s. So I've seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt say, maybe you could help the angels win a little. Like, <laughs> thousands and thousands of times in my life. Maybe you could help them win a little. I mean, what sticks out to me is there are angels in the outfield and in the infield. <laughs> and in the infield. <laughs> Which really should have been the name of the Fucking movie. spectacular writing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys think that this kid praying to God for the angels to win some games is going to grow up to be a gambler? What do you mean? Why do you say that? I mean, that occurred like, to me immediately because, I don't know, it just, <laughs> it just seemed like this kid's praying for sports teams to win games. I don't know, like... Does it, doesn't that seem like a gambler move to you guys? Okay, I might be alone because I'm an alcoholic. Well, hey, he he could have hit up uh, Doc Brown, go back in time and get a sports book, or go into the future and get a sports book. Yeah, that's the next movie. The yeah, right. Al the Angel has a sports almanac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the future. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pappy, tell us about the, the game the next day that Joseph Gordon-Levitt attends after he's made his prayer. Yeah, so it's like youth baseball day or something at the park. There's a big uh, busload of kids who get dropped off. Uh, the angels are in their usual form, kind of sucking it up. Or I think it's at least a pretty close game. And then it's towards the end of the game, it might even be the bottom of the ninth, there's a, a pop-up to our boy Moondog, Matthew McConaughey. And I think it's at this point that the angels come in, swoop down, and give him a boost where he jumps now i don't know they even like go over this in like slow motion later i don't know if the jump like looks that impressive or it's that cool but he does hang in the air for an extra long time and then joseph gordon levitt is the only one to see the angels in the outfield uh hence the name of the title and in the infield and in the infield (laughs) how bad was that jump though like you could totally tell he was rigged up and like (laughs) he had the most awkward pose i've ever seen like that's not a natural like leaping to catch a fly ball he looks like captain morgan yeah with his like (laughs) knee in the air exactly well our announcer ranch wilder says that he says it's a miraculous catch and that that will be replayed in like sports events for the next several years or whatever i'm thinking it's a good catch obviously but the man flew yeah right he literally flew like according to everyone that saw it except for the kid roger 
There was no way that, that that could be even passed off as a jump. Like there was, I mean, he flew like what, 30 feet in distance at like 12 feet in height. Like, right, this guy's gonna be like examined by scientists and like put in a lab or something. <laughs> at, at the very least tested for steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, uh, there's another miraculous event that happens during the same game, if you could cover that. The next like major event is they have that stereotypical catcher, like the fat guy. He's got a mohawk. He's kind of like grungy and dirty, you know. Um, he, he eats chili dogs. Yeah, yeah, like two at a time. <laughs> I'd also like to point out that he's 0 for 26 going into this at bat in the bottom of the ninth, and George Cox chooses to leave him in for some reason. Yeah, he's a terrible manager. That's a good point. Awful. I, I think the, that that George Knox just kind of like Knox. stopped giving a shit, <laughs> you know, and just kind of let shit play out. I mean, we'll get right back to the batter, but I mean, at what what manager allows his pitcher to come out and like do a running slide like into the pitcher's mound to start it off, and then he's got this fucking wad of big league chew in his mouth like he put the whole pack of big league chew that is kind of funny though he he lets that pitcher lick dirt eat bugs and floss the catcher's teeth in the dugout he's pretty laissez-faire about his player's behavior as the most ridiculous wind-up i've ever seen he sets and sets sets. and sets sets again (laughs) anyways so the batter is helped out by an angel and smashes the shit out of this ball. The bat just disintegrates into like a million pieces. And if that were to happen, the ball would have, in real life, the ball would have just like kept going through the bat. There's no way it would have actually gone the other direction. It would have been counterproductive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't have gone 400 feet the other way, you know? So apparently he just, hits this miraculous home run with the help of an angel with the help of an angel who is like a fat guy angel they we could say that they both eat the same amount of chili dogs (laughs) (laughs) one of them tasted funny look here's the thing about that imagine dying going to heaven becoming an angel assuming that's the logic but then you got to stay fat or you become fat (laughs) Maybe you were skinny when you were alive, but now you're fat as an angel. I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me, man. I don't know. I mean, do you think that you would like stay the same exact way that you looked when you died if you were becoming an angel? Oh, like be- you would never age or be, have the like opportunity to lose weight or I'm going to get in better shape. So like if you die of like natural causes as an old man you're just like this decrepit old angel <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like you don't get to like uh, like go back and choose like you know what i looked my most primo when i was like 29 years old that's the angel shape i want to take that was the best shape fat angel ever was in though he really never took care of himself and he maxed out at that level that's a good point because he did look like i don't know in his 30s yeah it's a weird topic for Disney right like Disney doesn't often go into the religious sometimes into the afterlife but not as often but it's just because it's a very much like Christian kind of interpretation of heaven too right like they're very much like those kind of angels that you would see it's a weird 
weird yeah they're they're like the the glowing figures with Mm -hmm. wings and robes and and you know it's nighttime yet the sun is gleaming off of their hair and shining yeah and i see what you mean i i was trying to just rack my brain just now to think of any disney movies that involves that kind of stuff and the only thing i could think of is coco which isn't quite the same so yeah we talked about it a little bit in ratatouille too there's a little bit of like a smidging sprinkle of religion but yeah it's just weird for a company that tries to sell toys to kids of every religion that that they went pretty hard in the christian lane uh here yeah how how else do you play off the angels theme though you know that's true i mean you could go ghosts i guess and make it the giants or something i don't know maybe not can we now say the Angels are on a winning streak? Or were these last two games just a small blip on the screen of a terminally ill patient? <laughs> Only time will tell. What is going on? Where are my stats? I'm on the air. My ass is hanging on the air. And there are no stats. There were how many errors? There were a lot of errors, Rand. Not as many as in this booth. Let me tell you, this is not baseball. This is not baseball. Happy, what do you think of Ranch Wilder? I'm Ranch Wilder and I have a contract. <laughs> I don't know. He, he sounds like Alex Jones when you say it like that. Oh, Ranch Wilder. He's kind of annoying. I don't, he's not my favorite part of the movie. I don't really understand why in a professional broadcast booth there's a switch where only one of them can speak at the same time, <laughs> apparently. Like that imagery always stuck with me. But there's also a whole subplot too where he sabotaged george knox's career or something did you guys pick up on that it's a lot of yeah, like exposition yeah they mentioned it like he, he he slid with his spikes up into george knox and ruined his career i don't even know what that means uh, so what happened was um they were in a game and knox was out on the field and ranch wilder slid into him like say second base or something and he held his cleats up in the air to take knox's knee out Rather than cleats down to the base, you know, and to, that's, be, to be safe. And no, no, that's not a, that's against the rules, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you can't slide spikes up because that easily could just blow somebody's knee out, break their femur, stuff like that. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of controversy in that. Ranch is like the closest that we have to an antagonist, though. I guess like he's totally. kind of he he for some reason he i guess he also is a former manager and he he's just constantly wants to see george knox fail which is kind of in a lot of ways you know george knox is a terrible person ranch might not be too far off of base of like what's the best thing to happen and we, we gotta mention wally too who's just like his sidekick in the booth uh less is more Wally. League rules specify that up until the first pitch is thrown, the roster can be altered, although I can't ever remember this happening so near game time. Me, the ranch. Easy, Wally. Less is more. (laughs) I had a big problem with Ranch Wilder because, you know, he talks about having his contract working for the Angels, right? He even shows like his Mm -hmm. business card or something like that at one point. If you're employed by a company, how could you be an antagonist and and just stir the pot all the time and talk shit about the team that employs you like and get away with that? You know what I mean? Like he wants them to fail, you mean, right? Yeah, and and he's like constantly like putting down the team and 
knocks and things like that and trying to create problems. You have to ask yourself, what is going on with this team and how long will owner Hank Murphy put up with this kind of behavior from his manager? I thought I'd seen it all, ladies and gentlemen, but with George Knox calling the shots, you never know what will happen. I mean, I just don't understand how you do that to the company that employs you. I will say this. I, outside of him being shitty against the team, I do think he's a good announcer. Like, I think he's got a great voice. And yeah. he's like, it burned in my brain as like the mm. definitive baseball announcer because of how much I used yeah. to watch this movie. I think his chin size was directly related to how good he's a sports <laughs> announcer. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But actually, I remember, so baseball was like actually the favorite sport of my household growing up. And we grew up, uh, we watched a lot of Chicago Cubs. We grew up in Northern Indiana watching WGN. I remember there was an announcer, Steve Stone, who actually got fired from announcing Cubs games on TV because he was too critical of the team. So, I mean, that kind of stuff does does happen, hmm. I guess. I just don't know like what all of this like revenge subplot and like I said, seeing George Knox be physically violent with him, what that adds to the the movie, which is already pretty long for a kid's movie. He's probably super upset that his name is Ranch in the first place. <laughs> I think it's a badass name. I love it. Ranch Wilder. People love Ranch. Hidden Valley Ranch Wilder up next. So what happens is the kid, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he gets a chance to talk with the manager, George Knox, with this photo opportunity thing. And he tells him, he's like, look, I saw real angels out there. But, but there were angels in the outfield and in the infield. And George is just kind of like, ah, get the fuck out of here, you little idiot. Fuck you, you little dipshit. And then when he talks to the players, he realizes that maybe something is up. He starts to, I don't want to say he fully believes the kid, but he at least thinks the kid might be good luck. So he brings him back to the next game. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt and JP are now at the next game and we get some more angel shenanigans. But to get into that, I think we got to introduce Mel Clark. Is that the PR guy? <laughs> That's David. Oh, dude, fuck mm. that guy, man. <laughs> I cannot stand the PR guy and his stupid fucking haircut and his tweed suits and like all that shit. Man. You don't like Nacho Butt? <laughs> oh, God, that was <laughs> the best butt. part of his outfit, man. That shit was gone the next time you saw him. When he walked away, there was no more notches on his butt, so he cleaned it up pretty good. <laughs> he keeps an extra pair of pants in his uh, office. One little JP bit that annoyed me is when he goes, I got soda. Oh. And he like spills the whole big gulp on his fucking pants. <laughs> Mel Clark is the boss, though, right? Yeah, Mel Clark is Tony Danza. Yeah, he's the boss. <laughs> Who's the boss? He also appeared in Don John with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I saw a picture on Twitter this morning when I was looking around of Tony Danza, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Adrian Brody at that premiere. And they had uh, Angels in the Outfield reunion was the text on it. I'm like, that's so crazy. <laughs> All those guys were in this. You know, Tony Danza did another sports movie for Disney, and I was not able to find it on Disney Plus or any streaming service anywhere. What's that? Uh, the garbage picking, field goal kicking, Philadelphia <laughs> phenomenon was the name of the movie. What the fuck? Yeah, so he it's was a classic. Like, yeah, he's a, a trash truck driver, and apparently his truck is just like all fucked up. So he's got to kick it like the lever. <laughs> he's got to kick the lever to make it work, right? What? And he tries out for the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles football team, 
and becomes the kicker for them. But like wearing his like trash truck fucking boots, like, and he kicks the ball for them. Wow. Someone wrote a script around that premise. Yeah. As a kid, I really liked that movie, dude. It was on the Disney Channel all the time. But it was like a Disney Channel original, right? Yes. Like it wasn't like an in theaters. No, yeah. no, no. It was a Disney Channel original for sure. I don't understand Disney Plus like at all because they don't fucking have a lot of these movies that I want to see like that one for you, but this one for me. And what was I looking for recently that I couldn't find on Disney Plus? Oh, the 1994 Jungle Book. That movie is forgotten in the annals of time, as I've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. I wonder like what their determination is because Disney is the majority owner of Hulu, I believe, or at least a minority or so. I don't know why. It seems like a conscious choice to make this available only on like Hulu TV versus Disney Plus. It's almost like they don't want people to see it for some reason, which I, there's nothing in here that I would say is like objectively worse than like a lot of like old racist Disney cartoons, which still are on there. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it either. It's like I pay X amount of dollars a month for my Disney and Hulu and all this stuff. And I don't have access to everything that we should. Well, I don't know why they just don't dump the entire library on there. Yeah. But to get back into the plot of the movie a little bit. So George Knox, like I said, he's, he's superstitious as sports players or managers in his case sometimes can be. So he has Joseph Gordon-Levitt Roger at the next game. And um, as a quick side note, did you guys know, like speaking of superstitious sports players, you know Kevin Garnett? Yeah. In the 2012 uh, NBA playoffs, he had this like gem, this black opal. And like he felt that's why he was winning the games because he had this like, anyway, it's the whole thing. I'll tell you. I heard about that. Yeah. 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 I think I, I think I saw something about that recently. <laughs> what a lot of money gambling on that game, actually. I've heard. Yeah. Wasn't it about 2.1 million or something like that? <laughs> Pappy, what's Tony Danza about? He's a drug addict, right? Uh, well, he's sm- he's the second character we've seen just smoking heaters. He's smoking heaters in the hot tub uh, after or after a game. He has lung cancer. He doesn't know this yet. He's he's washed up. He he used to be Mel Clark, <laughs> as JP puts it. You used to be Mel Clark. It's that kid, I'm telling you, is a dipshit. I can see you kids don't know your baseball. That's Mel Clark. Mel Clark. Whoa, he pitched three shutouts in a row for Cincinnati in 1986. Well, that's right. My dad used to talk about him. You used to be Mel Clark. Yeah, I used to be. Come on, son. Anyway. <laughs> well, and the other thing about this movie, too, this movie doesn't, whoever wrote this movie, I don't think genuinely likes baseball because there's so many things about this that don't make sense like JGL says at some point oh you threw you threw three shutouts in a row back in 84 and like don't get me wrong like that's an impressive statistic but I don't know why that would be necessarily noteworthy throwing three shutouts in a row but anyway like I said he's had a burned out arm from his time playing with George Knox in Cincinnati with the Reds. He, I guess he was popping pain pills and, and pitching beyond his means. So now he's just basically got an old noodle arm and kind of rides the bench and smokes cigarettes. And I think he's technically on injured reserve, right? Like he's not even on the active roster at this point. That is correct. And I know that's something that happens with wrestlers. I've been watching a lot of wrestling documentaries where they like play through an injury and they just take massive amounts of pills and it either leads to 
crippling drug addiction and or permanent body injury. AKA Chris Benoit. Yep. So I'd say I take it you've watched that Vice documentary too. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about Benoit too much, but um Mel Clark has an angel with him, so he goes into the game and he does like superbly with the help of an angel, at least partially. Now that part isn't super clear. Like the angel helps at the beginning, but it might just be to boost his confidence. Cause mm-hmm. you don't see the angel for the rest of the game. But is that what is it? Is it a no hitter where he just he pitches and no one ever makes a hit? Yeah, but that that was later on in the movie. Quite a bit. That isn't here? No, right here was the, the first introduction to I'm sorry, the next introduction to an angel was there was a, a batter. That was like the worst, oh, Adrian the worst Brody. batter of all yeah. time on the team or whatever. And Emily. he like, yeah, and he finally like hits a little dribbler and gets on base. That's a problem that I have with this movie is like, there's nothing to Hemmerling other than the fact that he sucks at batting. You know what I mean? Like, like, we, like we've done this test before, Corey, the, the Mr. Plinkett <laughs> uh, Phantom Menace test. It's like describe Hemmerling without like describing his physical appearance. <laughs> He's got a big ah shit. No <laughs> matter how many times you hear that song played in the major league stadium on a warm afternoon, it's still emotionally evocative. Oh dear, I got sunscreen in my eye. He likes massages from angels. Uh, there's nothing, and even the same with McConaughey too. There's nothing like really distinctive. So I'll, I can, about I'll describe him as generically as I can. Hemmerling is nice. McConaughey <laughs> is incredulous. <laughs> How'd I do that? <laughs> Great characterization. Yeah, you described it as cheating when the angels help. Let's talk about that a little bit. Jonathan, is it cheating? To me, anything other than just playing the game is for sure cheating. What if you're banging on a trash can, drumming on a street light? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking cheating, dude. Drumming on a street light. That, okay, them using the trash can was not the cheating aspect of it. It was the placement of the camera to watch the catcher and relay the signal back to the dugout, which was the cheating part. If you're a shitty catcher and you can tip off your or you leave yourself exposed to tip yourself off to the team, then that's one thing. But if you're intentionally setting up cameras to watch the catcher like the Astros did, then you're a piece of shit. Damn. Jonathan's still bitter about that whole Astros. Dude, <laughs> that, the Dodgers were going to win that year. <laughs> the first year they were never good or not going to choke. <laughs> Damn, man. It was all taken away. Yeah. So angels being involved in the game is cheating, right? I mean. For sure. Even if like they stop helping at some point. For sure. Especially with Adrian Brody. Like there's a... What happened? There was a game called Backyard Baseball that I used to play for PC, and like one of the special bats you could get was called the Crazy Bunt, and you would bunt it, and the ball would just go all over the field all willy nilly. <laughs> That's exactly like what happens here. Like we talked about the Matthew McConaughey thing. Like that should be scientists are studying his ability to jump. When this happens, there's cameras. This is a professional baseball game. This should be like an investigation of why a ball is defying the laws of physics. Right, like there's like gotta be magnets or electronics involved. (laughs) The only thing missing from that scene was the Monty Python theme song. (laughs) (laughs) 
and you know, I'm not, uh, to answer your question from the very, very top of the podcast, Corey, I'm not necess- necessarily a religious person, but I feel like if, and I, I'm not really at all actually, but I feel like if God did exist, if he would be taking his time interfering in sporting contests, like while people are dying of starving because not having enough food, that'd be pretty fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the whole premise of... Uh, this is what God's going to do with his free time. Cheat in baseball is <laughs> is so ridiculous. Yeah, what a fucking waste. But fucking Roger's dad will come back if the Angels won the pennant. <laughs> That's true. White yeah. privilege, bro. Dude, it's so fucked up. He was so sarcastic about that. <laughs> From where I'm sitting, when the Angels win the pennant. Sorry, oh, kid. You'll never see me again unless it's in a courtroom. <laughs> and everyone handles that situation really terribly when you shouldn't be seeing me at all as i walk by you for the last time in the courtroom oh it's my dad he's like dad dad the angels are about to win the pennant he's like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) i don't even remember saying that i was coked out of my mind when i told you that son he just wants to get on his harley and like drive across the country he said or something Hey, man, but at least he showed up for his court hearing. Dude. <laughs> no, you're right. Give him some credit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dads don't even do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he showed up so he can like be like, all right, let's get this burden out of my life. God, that's <laughs> awful. Uh, yeah, so I guess that happens a little bit later, but it, d- it doesn't matter too much as far as timelines. What happens really is that the angels keep winning games because real angels are helping them. But eventually, real angels kind of stop showing up. And it turns out that the team kind of had it within them the whole time. They just needed the confidence. There's a thing called talent. They have it. (laughs) Somewhere in that area of the movie, there was this very specific way that Coach Knox walks away from Roger and JP in the dugout. And he has this like very specific demeanor and like the way that he's just kind of processing everything in his head and he's kind of shaking his head like in a little bit of like frustration and like, oh, God damn it, you know, kind of thing. Riggs. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it, it almost completely mimicked this scene um, that Tom Hanks did in A League of Their Own. It was leaving the exact same side of the dugout. It was the same exact look in the face. It was like the same like head shake trying to process what was just being told. Like, I mean, almost like action for action. It was like right there. I don't know if you guys have ever seen A League of Their Own. Bro, I fucking love that movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So do you know the oh, scene yeah. that I'm talking about? So then? I, I'm pretty sure you're talking about a scene when earlier in the movie, like he yells at one of the baseball players for like not doing something right. And yeah. she cries. And right. No crying in baseball. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later on, she makes another mistake and he's like and he's- frustratedly trying to tell her like, I need you to do a yeah. little bit better. Okay. And then like yeah. he walks away like in that frustrated yeah. state. Yeah. Trying to like contain everything. Yeah. And, and, and Knox did like almost an exact replica of that scene. I mean, probably a little bit less frustrated than that. Because, I mean, he's not a fucking alcoholic <laughs> raging at the time. But, you know, no, anyways, it was just a, a comparison. I Ranch Wilder's an alcoholic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like uh, just like the announcer on uh, Major League. 
I don't remember that movie. Tell oh, me. you got to watch it, dude. Yeah. They're, Is he also announcer. day drinking? Oh, dude, he goes through a fifth of game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. I Anyways. love movie alcoholics. They're so funny. They're, they're so fun, you know? Yeah, they're so fun. <laughs> the life of the party. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I gotta get one of these in my life. It seems awesome. <laughs> I got a few. <laughs> but you mentioned that the angels just stopped showing up. This is again comes back to I don't think whoever wrote Angels in the Outfield knows shit about baseball because they're one, they're obsessed with winning the pennant, which would mean for all intents and purposes, they're winning the semifinals of the World Series, right? So even if they would win the pennant, they would still have a, like the World Series. Like the bigger thing to happen would still be happening. Yeah, but, even if they win the pennant, they still have the entire uh, playoff series, like three rounds exactly. of playoffs before they get to the World Series. But this isn't even that. They're talking about winning the like American League West. They're talking about <laughs> yeah. winning their division. This is all just like a regular season. Yeah. Like ostensibly like the quarter finals is what they're getting to. I well, have no you, idea you only about have, any of this. Yeah, you only have to be the best of like six teams. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. It doesn't make any sense within the context of sports. And yeah, so it's like they they win the pennant and they're just satisfied. They get smoked by some team from the National League <laughs> yeah. in the World Series. And that's the end yeah. of the movie. In typical Angels fashion. <laughs> Act like you've never been there before, kids. <laughs> just partying. <laughs> wow, that is educating. I didn't know any of that. There's something a big like... I don't know what the film term is, but something big happens, Pappy, and you can tell us about that, where the angels are kind of revealed to the world, or at least that a little kid believes that they're actually coming to the games. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Were you looking for a specific term, or it's just like the... It's like the last little conflict, right? It's the last little bump in the road of the movie, where... Ranch Wilder talking to JP. JP tells him everything that he needs to know to hold it against the team. Uh, it runs in the paper. This whole inappropriate relationship this coach has been having with two small children uh, comes to the forefront. It's a huge scandal. The owner says, okay, I'm going to give you 24 hours. If you disavow your belief in, in God, I will allow you to continue to coach this team. And then what happens at the press conference, it reminds me a lot of like, uh, what the fuck is that movie with the Santa Claus and he's like works for Macy's? A Miracle on 34th Street with Mara Wilson. Yeah, Miracle. Yeah, well, the two versions of it. Yeah, the one with Mara Wilson too. But where it's kind of like, there's this big dramatic scene at the press conference where they don't necessarily acknowledge that the angels exist. But I think like Maggie says something to the effect of like you can't tell me the angels don't exist or else you're an atheist or something, right? Like there's this whole like big You fucking atheist, get the fuck out of here. You dirty atheist, you'll rot in hell if you don't believe in it. Angels are affecting this game. I I had this like memory that was incorrect where the guy, the owner of the team asks Maggie straight up, do you believe in angels? And my memory is that she says since the 1940s, yes. But it's not that at all. Like, and no, no. Since uh, the All Star break, yes, that something. doesn't make any sense. Like, why did I fucking think that? <laughs> anyway, I, I like to think that at the end of that scene, when everyone applauds, and you know everyone's hearts have been turned, that like Kevin McAllister comes up and gives her a turtle dove. Like, 
And then I, John Williams I kind of expected the pigeons or doves or something to start flying out. <laughs> Would have been awesome. She like summoned her powers like, you defy me? And like a bunch of pigeons like crashed <laughs> through the windows. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, has she ever played a more notable role than the pigeon lady? No, man, that's it. <laughs> yeah. What What is her hard stance with baseball games? Because like George Knox is like, hey, do you want to come to the game with the kids? She's like, I don't go to baseball games. <laughs> and they like continue. She's got, like, oh. she's got a bunch of little shithead kids to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never even like followed up on like you think like something terrible happened to her at a baseball game or something she's like no i don't do that they just need it to be that way so they could have like <laughs> david comedy like where they're spilling mustard on him and fucking pouring coca-cola on his pants david was in biodome you guys remember that movie yeah that was him <laughs> he was the, the delivery driver the pizza yeah. guy yeah they go how did you get a job russell fucking president clinton you had sex with president clinton <laughs> Oh man, maybe that should be a future pod. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they torture Steve with that one, I think. <laughs> oh god. We kind of totally blew past that whole uh the whole time where Mel Clark or the guy that used to be Mel Clark <laughs> threw the no-hitter. <laughs> the yeah, Angels helped right. him throw the so no-hitter. So that is a no-hitter. Yeah, where you don't allow the team to make a single hit. I thought it was yeah. when both teams don't hit. No, 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 no. It's only where the where the pitcher or the the team doesn't allow the other team to get a hit. They can get a walk and still have a no hitter, but you can't let them get a hit. An actual base. hit. Yeah, man, that yeah. must be boring if you're a fucking not a pitcher or a catcher, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you're still getting paid, I guess. So it's okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be a strikeout. They can still be hits. And then they go and catch them and throw them out at first mm. or, you know, oh, okay. fly outs yeah. or whatever. It's not all, it's not pure strikeouts. All diving catches by the pitcher, uh, yeah. like Mel Clark does at the end of the game where they bumble it up in the air. Oh, right. Oh, sp- I, that's, that leads me to a question that I had. It's not exactly related to this, but it does have to do with Mel Clark. All right. This is for Jonathan and you, Pappy. Mel Clark or Chet Stedman? Who's the better pitcher? Chet Stedman's from Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Gary oh, Busey. right, yeah. Um, Chet Stedman. Yeah, I'd go with Chet. For sure. Yeah, for a. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy fucking yeah. Gary Busey. Yeah, dude. Mel Clark's, like, dude, his arm's, like, just blown out like a 60-year-old prostitute, man. Like, he's done. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> We also we also skipped over a scene too uh, that totally just steals a joke from another movie. George Knox takes the kids to play baseball or something. You guys remember that? Oh yeah, that was the scene Corey was watching when I got in here. Like he asked the kids, like, "All right, what do you want? Anything?" And like uh, the kids take him to like go play like fucking like dirty sandlot ball or something. Yeah, they play stickball <laughs> with the local fucking orphans, I guess. I don't- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the fucking Gerald Field that they erect or whatever. Yeah, with like random parked cars in the dirt lot. <laughs> so what what movie did that joke get stolen from? Uh, Good Morning Vietnam. It's the exact same bit where Robin Williams is playing baseball with, a, I think, like a melon, which with a bunch of the uh, local Vietnamese people. And one of the women hits the melon and Robin Williams is like, run home. And she runs to her home. It's literally the exact same joke as this movie i hate that scene 
to me that shit it's is so just bad. so fucking cringy like <laughs> yeah it was totally a bad scene but like the idea behind it is pretty cool i mean you get there's a bunch of neighborhood kids and like they look up to the manager of the baseball team you know and it's like holy shit he's like that's like celebrity status like in their neighborhood though you know and he's like out there playing baseball with them like that was a big deal but then I, I again, know. we also talked about him being a total fucking pedophile too. So, <laughs> right? so maybe that was his fucking wet dream. I like I said, you got to read between the lines with these movies. Um, oh, I, I think a good, I don't know if this could have been done legally speaking, but a good way to improve that scene for me, just have them all playing their little stupid fucking baseball game, stupid music's playing. But then you see Benny the Jet Rodriguez run through the field being chased by a giant dog. How fucking sick would that be? From the Sandlot, for those that aren't in the know. I think Sandlot came out after this, though. Uh, I just wish the players, like, in that scene, the players' hats don't match their jerseys. Like, there's a kid with a Tigers jersey and, like, a White Sox hat. And there's a kid with, like, a Giants jersey and a <laughs> Brewers hat. It's like, what? how did these orphans get all this merch? Yeah, and why, how did they get other teams' merch? I mean, yeah. like, they're with the, the manager of the Angels. Why aren't they all decked out in the Angels gear? All right, I'll, go, exactly. I'll do another tie-in. Maybe this one will be a little bit more humorous. Rick Moranis comes up with a random box of sports gear, dumps it out. Yes. Darth Vader helmets, <laughs> everything. And they put together their gear that way. Boom. Problem solved. Ice box. We've been jammed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went somewhere else with that one. <laughs> it's all right. Well, where this all leads us is to the Western Division Championship game. We got the Giants. Whoa, wrong movie. We got the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> the little Giants. <laughs> we got the Angels playing against whoever the fuck it is. Do anyone take a note on that? I don't know. White Sox. White Sox. Because they're also the bad guys in Major League 2, which is weird. I guess they were just whoring themselves out to be bad guys in movies in the 90s. They are an evil team. I'll say that. Yeah. But they're playing against the Angels, and um, according to Al, who's Chris Lloyd, we haven't talked a whole lot about. He kind of just pops in and out here and there. He's probably only in like five minutes of the movie or less in terms of runtime, but he says that championships have to be won on their own. Like, what a fucking stipulation, man. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> if you're going to cheat, just fucking cheat. Yeah, dude. you already you already tainted their record. Like, you might as well just keep it going. It's not It's not even the fucking championship. <laughs> it's just the... It's like the, a regular season game. So it doesn't... It, no, it's for the pennant, though. It's not for the pennant. It's for the half of the pennant. It's for the AL West. They still have to play the team from the AL East to win the pennant. It doesn't. I don't understand why the angels are so flaky. It doesn't make any sense. I didn't know that. Holy shit! So this, the angels could have fucking helped the whole time. So what happened? Yeah. So what happened was super quick in '94. Basically, like a couple months or even weeks, I think, after this movie came out, there was a major league baseball strike. So there wasn't a baseball season in 94 but this would have been in 93 the last year where there was basically two divisions in each league so four uh four divisions across all of baseball so this is just like i said for the quarterfinals i don't know why christopher lloyd can't help the fat guy hit a home run or just cheat a little bit in this one to get him to the world series yeah put a hamster least. in a baseball or whatever again like exactly <laughs> it makes no sense 
Well, I feel like it's kind of messed up that Al just like shows up because like I said, he doesn't come that often to talk to Roger, but he shows up and he says, you see Mel Clark over there? He's going to die in six months. No one's coming. Championships have to be one on their own. It's a rule. Well, then what are you doing here? I came here to check on Mel. He's coming up soon. He's going to be one of us. You mean he's... I smoked for years. It's always a mistake. He's got six months left. He doesn't know anything's wrong yet. Yeah, because he was a smoker. <laughs> like your dad. <laughs> Good point. Is that is that to like make just him to feel be better? clear? Corey wasn't talking about my dad. No. He was talking about <laughs> Roger's dad. No. I don't think your dad smokes anymore, right? He never has. Didn't he used to smoke in the no. truck? No. No. Might be confusing your dad maybe. with my friend Pacholo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you remember Pacholo? Yeah, I do. He was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like it's kind of a heavy bomb to drop on a little kid, just to, like really like without. <laughs> yeah, and how old is this kid? Like eleven, maybe. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, young. How are you gonna like just tell him like, "Hey, dude, your favorite guy over there who used to be Bill <laughs> yeah. Clark is gonna fucking die in six months of the? He's got the cancer, man." <laughs> and I'm not sure like what lessons this movie is trying to bestow on children, but Al's like, "You got to worry about your own life now." It's like, "Yeah, don't worry about that guy over there who's about to die. You just got to take care of you." From <laughs> yeah, I, don't, on I, don't, out. I like, never what? really like understood what the point of that whole conversation even was. You know, like wh- at what point was it really relevant to tell him that? Mel Clark was gonna die. Well, he's a smoker. Now all these other guys that are fucking dipped in chaw the whole game, they're gonna be fine though, right? Yeah, their teeth are gonna fall out and their, you know, gums are gonna just like you know, open up and just start pouring out blood, but they're not gonna die. Don't get so graphic, Jonathan. You know I chew tobacco. <laughs> this is gonna be the greatest 30 for 30 of all time. What if I told you the lead pitcher who had been washed up, had lung cancer, and the coach was a pedophile. <laughs> the Angels, 94 season. 30 for 30. I love it. I think there is some, like, fake 30 for 30 Angels in the Outfield video that someone made. I saw it in my research. I didn't so watch it, though. It. Yeah. It might have been better than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a high likelihood of that, I'd say. Al also tells Roger, even when you don't see us, we're always watching. Be watching. Remember that. Even though you can't see us, we're always watching. Which is also kind of like a scary thing to say to a twelve-year-old boy. <laughs> like, I, I, can you like just be watching sometimes? Kind of thing, you know. <laughs> they sleep in sleeping bags because he's whacking off so much. <laughs> is basically what you're saying. <laughs> What's the Turner and Hooch line that you like so much, Jonathan? So much jizz or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> So much jizz. Yeah. So much jizz. Jonathan, why don't you tell us about the game? You know, it's just one of those like back and forth games. Super cliche. The the angels end up pulling their shit together. The guy who's their their big superstar hitter, who's been known to just fuck it all up every time. Uh, the there's a bunch of pressure. Guy? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 not that guy. The guy on the um on the Angels I'm talking about. The dude with the fucking uh the Jerry curl. Oh yeah, the, um, the vaguely 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, the, yeah. I'll yeah what, Soul Glow is one of his sponsors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so he like you know, Coach Knox is like, you can do it, man. And so he finally actually hits a home run, ties up the game. And, he lives uh, up to being the best hitter is what, what they call him. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then it comes down to the very last guy who's like that typical 90s baseball guy. He's got the handlebar mustache. He's got some gnarly scars, kind of a fat ass. Um, but he's got, you know, all the power in the world. And uh, so Mel Clark, I think, was pitching, right? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with no help from the Angels, he's... You know, got 37 cigarettes in that game, and <laughs> who knows how many freaking Vicodins. Um, I like to think he's on Oxy. He's, like, uh, he's really. He's probably on both. He's doomed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's got the worst pitching form in the entire world. Like, even from pitch one to pitch 100. It's awful. Really? Is it? Oh, dude, it's disgusting. Oh, it's so bad, yeah. Dude, it, he. With his form, should probably be pitching about 40 miles an hour. <laughs> That's about it. What about the other guy, Whip Bass, the stupid guy? Does he have a better form? No. No? No. Where he's just like, as bad. I don't know what he's doing with his gloves. Like He's, like, he's setting. <laughs> <laughs> and setting. And setting. And setting. <laughs> Anyways, so it comes down to a full count. Corey probably doesn't know what a full count is, but that's three balls and two strikes. Either you're going to strike out, you're going to get a walk, or you're going to get a hit, basically, on the next pitch, right? Couldn't be more exciting in a baseball game. Exactly, especially at the end of the game. There's two outs. The winning runs on base if this guy gets a hit, right? So anyways, he hits it, and Tony Danza, a.k.a. the guy that used to be Mel Clark, (laughs) dives off the mound catches the ball hits the ground it kind of flies up and he catches it again and he yells out who's the boss <laughs> and it's the end of the fucking movie very good setup yeah so that i mean it's almost the end of the movie but it's the, it's the end <laughs> it's the end of the big game for sure and one thing i want to add and it's like one of the more remembered scenes is where george knox walks out to the mound like at the very last pitch and he's like you got an angel with you and then he looks at the crowd and the whole crowd is doing like the angel motion like they know what the uh, fuck that means yeah. well it's so stupid too because no one in the crowd is ostensibly like making any noise like no one's cheering while they do this you know what I mean no one's clapping so it would just be a quiet stadium with a bunch of people flapping their arms <laughs> like a fucking psychopath they're, they're in <laughs> church yo <laughs> It, would, it would be pretty disconcerting, yeah, to be an opposing player and just be in a silent stadium with a bunch of breeze coming your way. Imagine if, like, the visitor team, like, everyone from the stands started walking toward the visitors doing that arm flap but not saying anything. It'd be like, be like a cult or something. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. That's assault, brother. And for some reason, like, the way Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing it, it looks like he's just, like, keeping his arms stationary but moving the rest of his body like up and down kind of it's a very awkward form the angels are lifting him up and down one one thing that this is like doesn't mean anything to anyone but one thing that always bugged me about the signal the angel signal that he does is that it changes at the very beginning of the movie it's like he moves his arms almost in a circular motion and then later on he just is like straight up bird flapping but like pappy said he's more or less moving his torso (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very strange. Whatever. These little pet peeves. 
It's so stupid that like when the Angels actually did go on that World Series run, they didn't bother implementing this. They just fucking put a picture or a video of a monkey on their big screen and called it the Rally Monkey, and that's what got the crowd excited. Holy shit! You're brilliant, Pappy. You're right. They should have been yeah. showing this movie like the millennials <laughs> at the game. Like, how pumped would they have been? That's actually a good would point. Have been the that, would have, that would have been yeah. forcing too much religion on their free thought. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's why they have to go with a fucking monkey. Yeah, they they went with the Darwinism angle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a little evolved thing. You don't want religion? Take this, you fucking monkeys. But I still like my team, even though they're called the Angels. <laughs> All right. So we should talk about the ending here. It doesn't end at the big game. Roger and JP, they go back home to Maggie's. And they get a big bit of news, don't they, Pappy? Yeah, so uh, Maggie, the way the information is doled out to poor Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just so poor throughout this entire movie. Like he thinks he's gonna get adopted by his dad again twice, and then they get back from like the emotional high of his lifetime. They've won the American League West, and Maggie just goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, you and JP won't be able to hang out anymore," or, or something, and JP runs off crying. But it turns out that. Uh, George Knox, uh, noted pedophile and uh, <laughs> anger management issues coach, has decided to adopt the two young boys. Alleged. Yeah, alleged uh, anger management issues. Confirmed pedophile. Uh, but he... <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. He, goes, he goes to adopt Joseph Gordon-Levitt and he's like, well, well, I can't leave without JP. And I think he says something to the effect of, well, I guess I can adopt JP too, or something like that. Like, what is he? JP is such an afterthought in this whole part. I'm reading Corey's notes, and he says, Coach Knox says, I don't want no crack babies. <laughs> no, Corey. It does not. <laughs> it's, but don't you feel, you know what I mean, though? He's like, yeah, I'm going to adopt you. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to adopt JP too, I guess. Like, it's so sad. <laughs> well, like... The thing with JP is he has like these like intermittent fear of vehicles like that are sometimes in the movie and sometimes don't matter. <laughs> like he's kind of a pain in the ass in that way. Sorry, real quick on that. I watched this with my fiance, Tanya, for the first time. And I think she thought it was going to be more of a lighthearted kids movie. And the movie goes, oh, JP doesn't ride in cars. And she went, ha. I'm like, uh, it's not that kind of movie. And it's like, uh, cause he used to sleep in a car. And she's like, oh. That's really sad. <laughs> Who hasn't slept in a car? Grow the fuck up, dude. Oh, come on. <laughs> Seriously, what is he, five? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on, everyone slept in a car. Dude, he used to point. take naps in the car for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, sometimes it's the only place I can sleep. Just gotta hop in the car. You got that right. Go for a drive, take a nap. All right, any final points, you guys, before we get into ratings? Did we miss anything? There's one reoccurring character who's just kind of an asshole Angels fan and he gets his teeth knocked out by a baseball and at the end he smiles real big and he doesn't have any front teeth. I, I like that guy. <laughs> that guy, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes to talk to him, he's like, I saw Angels for real. And he's like, yeah, well, go fucking tell your parents. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't have any parents. Well, he doesn't say that, but, you know, you can see it on his face. Like I said, a lot of the stuff you got to read between the lines with movies like this. Jonathan, I see the wheels turning. What's on your mind? I was watching another baseball movie recently that had kids in it, and 
it was the same kind of a scene where um, they were like sitting in the outfield, right? And some dude just randomly like comes up and sits next to two kids that are at the game by themselves. Like, how fucking creepy is that? <laughs> That's true. There was a lot of space when that guy first first yeah. shows up. Like, 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 what's he doing, man? Like, why does he need to sit like right there next to these kids? And you can see Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like, it, it focuses in on him, like looking at the guy, like, what the fuck, guy? Like, why? Yeah, well, I mean, that guy was just to give people some context. He was like probably three hundred pounds <laughs> with like fucking, you know, he probably had four hot dogs in his arms right there. He was wearing a tank top, probably sandals, yeah. and like. Gym shorts, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Gym shorts for the guy who does not go to the gym. <laughs> I got two more quick ones. Okay. Uh, when the nacho butt thing happens, the camera lingers on a kid as David's walking away and he's got a Jurassic Park hat on. <laughs> and like It lingers on him for like two full seconds. It's a really weird shot. Like The movie really wants me to see that Jurassic Park hat and I don't know why. And last one is I read Ebert's review. And he fucking killed this movie. He absolutely hated it. But he says there's a way better version of this called Little Big League, which came out in 94. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know if you guys have, but apparently he loved that one. I've definitely seen that as a kid, but I'd have to rewatch it for sure. That was one that I never watched because I had too many like kids baseball movies in my life. Like I didn't have room for Little Big League. I had this movie. I had Rookie of the Year and I had The Sandlot. Like I couldn't. There was no room for a fourth for me, for someone like that is like not connected to baseball in any way. Anyway, you guys down for ratings. Oh, one other little quick tidbit. I think we might have touched on it, but I'm not sure. Even though that this was supposed to be the uh, Anaheim slash California Angels, um, they actually filmed this in the Oakland Stadium. Yeah. Uh, did we you talk did about that? that? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So they actually had to do a few things to like replicate the Angel Stadium, um, which was like change the color of the walls, like out on the um, like in the outfield, stuff like that. And that stadium was like the only one that they still multi-purpose up until this coming NFL season, because the the Raiders and the A's played in the same place, so they would convert the baseball field to a football field, football field back to baseball field. Hmm. And uh, anyways, and then like some scenes you're like, you can see the city in the background. You can actually see like billboards and stuff with phone numbers from the Oakland area in there. It's not like, you know, LA numbers or anything. That's interesting. I noticed they did have the incredible crash dummies ad. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. That fucking phenomenon from the 90s. I remember. There was like Mm -hmm. the commercials and then they got a cartoon and then like a toy line. Yeah. Those are pretty cool. Did we talk about the score? I I think we talked about it before the podcast, but you said it was the same guy who did Dragonheart. It was, yeah. I didn't look up a whole lot of what he did, and I can never remember his name. What's his name, Pappy? Randy Edelman. Randy Edelman. Good score. Which he doesn't seem to. I like the score a lot. I mean, it sounds like a very just like generic baseball movie score, but I think it's one of the good parts of this movie. No, I agree with that. Happy, since you're on, why don't you give us your rating on any rating scale you want? You go first. Tell us what you got. Okay. I'm going to give Angels in the Outfield two out of four bases. Let's give it a double. 
It's pretty fucking bad. Like I have two columns here in my notes, good. And I have one point, the score, Randy Edelman, uh, in parentheses, Dragonheart. And I have bad. I have like literally everything else that we've talked about <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> in that column. This movie, we didn't really talk about this either. This movie kind of looks like shit. Like there's a lot of like really clumsy transitions in between scenes and like a couple of times they show some clouds that just looks like some like generic ass b-roll footage of clouds that were somewhere deep in the disney archive that they just got out for this and there's a lot of like weird adr too a couple of times in a couple of scenes where it's just trying to looks like they have something they had to fix in post but i have a very soft nostalgia spot for this movie uh it was part of my rotation when i was a kid i do like watching it but it's just not very good. So I'll go two out of four. If this was a spoiler scale, I'd probably give it a soft yes, but that's purely on nostalgia. I'm going to go next, and I, I'm pretty much right there with you, Pappy. I'm going to give it a five out of ten, I don't know, pre-fame Adrian Brody's. I don't know what to give it here. But <laughs> I like this movie, but it's bad, if that makes any kind of sense for anyone listening. It's stupid as fuck. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It, it, it's so corny and like just like Pappy the only reason that I would say on the more positive side is just purely nostalgia like it it doesn't really do it for me the way that it used to in terms of like the the feel goods it's just more awkward and cringy to me now but that might be at my own taste that like I thought this scene was cool where like the kid runs home when I was little and to me now that's like embarrassing that I thought that <laughs> so therefore this scene is embarrassing but overall, I, I don't have to give it a yes or no. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. I'm not on spoilers right now. It's been dumb movie. Do whatever the fuck we want. Jonathan, go. I'm giving this a, uh, a hit by pitch in the helmet because it's, it fucking sucks. It's not a great movie by any means, but the fact that you getting hit by a pitch in the helmet is kind of fucking entertaining, you know? <laughs> like, that's a good um, point. <laughs> I, I, that's it. You can watch it. It's it's not particularly entertaining. It's not particularly well done by any means. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. <laughs> well, but, if if you did, you'd have a hard time finding it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But. It's entertaining enough if it were the only thing to watch. Fair enough. Now, Pappy, you have a podcast of your own. Why don't you give our listeners uh, a little bit of info about that and tell them where they can find it. I do, yeah. So we're not on YouTube right now. We've got some issues. But if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can go to your phone on Spotify and search for spoilers with an explanation point. And then you can find myself, Josh, not Josh the Review Dude, but the other Josh who's been on this podcast a couple times, Stevie who's been on this podcast, and Kylo, uh, talking about movies. It's kind of the same show format. Uh, we do more than just big dumb movies. Sometimes we do uh, small, good movies too, <laughs> but like all kinds of different things over there. Check us out. And then, yeah, uh, make sure that you leave both this podcast and that podcast uh, reviews on iTunes or Spotify because those help. Yeah, I was just about to get into that. If you're listening, you can write in, email us at bigdumbmovie at gmail.com. 
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a positive rating and five stars. We love that. If you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to us if you haven't already. Recently, we got 666 subscribers, which I think is pretty funny, but it also goes to show that people are listening on YouTube and we appreciate that. If you're one of our many Indian fans, tell us what movie you think we should review and we are totally willing to at least cheer you out. No guarantees though. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of people that listen to Big Dumb Movie are from India. So take that for what it is. Americans hate us, but the Indians like us. Bollywood Dumb Movie spinoff podcast. Yeah, tell me some good Bollywood movies to watch. I've always been curious about it. The closest thing I've seen is that new Aladdin movie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's it for Big Dumb Movie. Thank you guys for listening. Pray to God that your dad comes back. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Hopefully your dad... Pray to God you don't get adopted by George Knox anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening again. We love you. Good night.